Blog Talk Radio. <clears throat> TSR Live, episode 117. Not sure what we're going to talk about. Larry, you there? <laughs> Not sure what we're going to talk about. I have no idea. We have so little to talk about. But, yeah. but first, yeah, well, but first, I, I do need to apologize to you because so so earlier today, and I full disclosure, so I, I've had a, a, a heck of a, a, a 24 hours here. I, I – um, so I couldn't watch the game last night because I was in uh, at a band competition where my daughter was uh, participating um, in in outside of Jackson, Mississippi, uh, and in the band competition started, ironically enough, at exactly six last night. So anyway, they they, they did win the state championship, so I'm very proud of of my daughter. Um, but uh, so you. You had texted me about game day today, and I was a little snippy. I was very snippy, actually, and I apologize for that. Um, no, there was nothing. No, you weren't snippy no, at all. <laughs> yeah, I was, and I apologize. So, so my my feelings on game day are probably not what every, most people are, as you pointed out correctly. And um, and and I so for that I do apologize. I think. Um, my feelings on game day are probably different because – and I tweeted this out, and it's it's actually got quite a bit of traction – that to me, the most important things about Saturday are not whether four dudes from from somewhere in Connecticut are, are in Memphis, but it's that two ranked opponents for the first time, um, two opponents ranked in both the AP and the coaches poll – will face off in the Liberty Bowl involving Memphis and another team in a regular season game. Now, now, when Memphis – somebody pointed out this correctly, that when Memphis played Iowa State in the Liberty Bowl, <clears throat> we were both ranked. That is correct, and for that, they are accurate. But technically, that was not a home game. So this is the first home game that Memphis – where this has happened. So uh, – and, and I think the other part to that, Brian, and I think this is really important. This is the first time in history that both the basketball and the football program have been ranked at the same time. And that I don't know – that, that. 
and yeah, uh, my buddy, uh, well, yeah. my buddy Evan Daniels, you know, was like, I've been writing about this for weeks, and he's absolutely right. And please, um, after you buy your TSR membership, <laughs> um, go and 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 buy your your subscription to the Commercial Appeal, um, like I do. I have a Sunday, I get the Sunday paper every week, and I, I you know, and and absolutely do that. So. Um, yeah, we don't have a whole lot to talk about, but I didn't want to say that on the front end. No, no problem at all. And uh, speaking of uh, the big matchup this uh, this weekend, we have uh, you know someone who knows uh, a lot about SMU from uh, the Hill Topics, the, the Rivals affiliate uh, for SMU. Damon, are you there? I'm here. What's going on, guys? How's everything? Good, not too bad. Uh, first off, welcome to TSR Live, and uh, just your your first thoughts of, of the game. You know, uh, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of the speculation with um, you know game day. I'm not sure if that will happen or not, but just your overall thoughts uh, on the game. Yeah, man. I mean, when we talk about this game, I, I'm me personally. The first thing I'm not discussing is whether college game day is coming to town or not. You know, I'm looking at two ranked teams getting ready to play in the middle of the season here. And more importantly and more specifically, uh, SMU <laughs> being a ranked team playing against anybody <laughs> because, uh, you know, it, it's been, you know, there, there are some people out there, some some fans out there who, who weren't even born the last time this team was uh, was ranked. That was back in, uh, back in the 80s, 1986, as a matter of fact. So, um, you know, you, you look at – this upcoming matchup as just an opportunity to see two of the best teams in the AAC going at it middle of the year. Uh, you're going to literally be going at it right after Halloween, and that's just something that, that's unheard of, uh, particularly uh, on the hillside here at SMU. But um, that's what I'm looking forward to. You've got an undefeated team at SMU going against uh, a Memphis team that's actually favored, uh, the, the favorite uh, by odds makers right now, so I'm looking at that lineup. I'm looking at that that overall, um, uh, you know, just that that overall spectrum, and I'm ready to see a really good football game. Larry, you got any questions for us? Oh, absolutely. So um, obviously, <laughs> we just we just survived Tulsa. You guys barely survived Tulsa. Um, <laughs> so so tell me a little bit about. SMU this year because last year SMU we could see they were coming um you know obviously we had a heck of a game down there in in uh, Dallas last year what has changed this year what has set uh SMU apart so that they're undefeated so far well it's funny that you mentioned Tulsa because that's really the reason uh, to me that's that's the reason why this SMU team uh, looks the way it does. You know, we have to remember last year, SMU uh, had five wins. They were looking for that that sixth win, get to you know, get bowl eligibility. All that they needed to do was beat Tulsa, and they let a lead slip, and Tulsa yep. gets the win. And it was a miserable time at, uh, at the hilltop. And rather than taking some time off, like a lot of teams would do, uh, you know, once the season's over. These guys decided to just, uh, you know, to go to work immediately. So that Monday, they were all working uh, just, just as players, and they, they said this will never happen again. We are not going to let anything like this happen. We're going to have uh, an outstanding season in 2019, and 
that's exactly what they're doing. I mean, you know, they open up against Arkansas State. It's a good win for them. But, uh, you know, when you when you, you get that win against TCU and it's in Fort Worth, it's on the road, a uh, place that, you know, at the time, I believe TCU was ranked number two in total defense. That's a, if anything else, that's a game changer. That's a confidence booster. That's something that made SMU believe if we just play the way that we know that we can play and if we just remind ourselves of how we felt against Tulsa last year, then we can go to war with anybody in the in the country. And that's what they've done so far. Uh, you know, they, they've, they've been lucky. I, I wrote something on the Hill Topic today uh, talking about how they've been both good and lucky. And the Tulsa game this year, they were – you know, they lucked out, you know, down, down three touchdowns. They come that. back in the fourth. It's, it's crazy. You know, there, there's something – I don't know what's going on with, with, with this Tulsa team, but there is something with this Tulsa team that nobody should want to ever play them. And, we don't want it. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw the end of that Memphis game, and I'm like, wow, you got to be kidding me. There, there, there's something – I don't know if there's, there's kryptonite in, in, in Oklahoma somewhere, but uh, – Bottom line is, uh, you know, when you look at this at this SMU team, I mean, that's the reason. You know, they they went into the season with the mentality that we refused to let anything negative happen to us the way that they did against uh, in, in 2018. So uh, I think this is going to be obviously the biggest test of the year. You know, going on the road against a, a very solid Memphis team. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm expecting fireworks, but um, I think both teams understand if you don't bring your A game, it's going to be a long, long day for either one. But, uh, you know, we're we're expecting fireworks. It should be fun. Are are you surprised uh, on how well SMU has been this year? I mean, I don't don't know if anyone really expected 8-0. I mean, did you see that coming? I expected an improved team, but, yeah, what were your expectations going into the season? Yeah, you know, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think everybody was was expecting an improved ball club. Um, I don't know if there was anybody outside of the actual locker room who was expecting eight and no. Now you can tell a player right now, especially anybody from the defense, and, and and it's funny because those defensive guys, you know, they're like a Doberman with their ears perked up when you say anything re- relative to the fact that uh, did you expect this, and they're automatically saying, you know, what what kind of question is that? What are you saying? Because they did expect this. Now, yeah, me, right. yeah, you know, but uh, me, <laughs> me, you know, me as the writer, no, I didn't expect eight. No, um, I, I did expect a winning season this year, uh, and and I expected them to be much better than they were last year. But uh, the the game against TCU was the one that made you say this team is is dead serious about everything, and it, it, it reminded you just of how. Of, of how uh, focused, how determined that they were uh, right after, immediately after that 2018 season. And, I mean, they, they have not disappointed yet. You know, they played played a couple of games where there's been some bumps here. That Houston game was a, was a bumpy game. But uh, at the same time, it's tough to get a win at, at, at TDECU Stadium. So, um, well, you're not lying. You know, you know? <laughs> exactly. Last, last time we were there, it was kind of interesting, too. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> that team is good, man. I mean, a lot of people don't want to hear this. You know, they they're, nope. they, they want to make excuses for it. But Houston is one of the best home teams. They're, they're the yep. most dangerous home team to play against. And uh, they pretty much showed it. But, I mean, you know, did I expect eight? No. I mean, I'd be lying if I said, oh, absolutely, because I didn't. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see what they're doing. You know, I, I've known a lot of these players 
since they were uh, freshmen and sophomores in high school. So it's really cool just to see them uh, living out this dream. And I think personally, for me, I think it's even cooler to see that these guys now are writing a new chapter uh, with SMU football because for so long everybody's been talking about the Pony Express and then the Pony Excess and, you know, and the death penalty and the whole now. So now people are starting to speak more about this 2019 team and, you know, a win could go very far if they beat Memphis because then you got ECU next uh, the week after a good chance to be ten and zero. But way. as we know, there's no chance. You know, there, there's no guarantees in, in games like that. And we also uh, have Isaac Simpson on the line. Uh, no, sorry, Isaac. Do you have a, a question real quick before we send it back to Larry? Oh uh, yeah, I was uh, looking at this SMU team. I was kind of, I kind of Brian kind of asked the question a minute ago, but. I, I know I expected SMU to be better. Uh, I know Sonny Dykes has, has done great things with that offense down there. But kind of what, what were the expectations from from the fan base? I know, like you said, if you asked the players, they were like, yeah, we expected this. We expected it to be really good this year. But I don't know if anybody expected it to be undefeated. What what were the, the, the expectations from the fan base, I should say? I think the fan base, obviously, you know, they, they want to see uh, – Around here, they want to see a bowl, a bowl opportunity. So any any bowl opportunity, six wins, seven wins, that's something that makes them say, okay, you know, this is appreciated. I don't think anybody expected this Mustangs team to be bowl eligible through the first six games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, it, it's 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 a it's a pleasant surprise for everybody. It's a welcome shock or whatever you want to call it, but. You know, when you look at this fan base, they're riding the wave. They're very excited. Uh, it helps because it helps now that this this team is uh, has adopted uh, the, the alternative jersey uh, that has that has Dallas on on the front, and everybody's pretty fired up. You know, they're SMU is calling itself now that you know Dallas's team. That you know, and people are buying into it, and it's it, it's just become a thing. That's become a nice little phenomenon around around the area, around the communities, and. Um, they're they're really loving it. So uh, you know, I, I, my question is, what happens if this team takes an L? So uh, you know, right now everybody loves the winner. That's kind of how Dallas is. Dallas loves the winner, and when it's time to uh, to taste defeat, then what happens to this fan base? So uh, we'll see how it goes. But right now they're loving eight and zero, and uh, they're excited about Saturday. Larry, so. So Sonny Dykes, when he was hired, and, and I'll be the first to admit this, okay? When that when that hiring was announced, I rolled my eyes. I went retread. <laughs> oh my God, what are they thinking? Um, and, and I and look, I'll be the first to admit all of this, and I will also be the first to admit, boy, was I wrong. Um, tell me about. What kind of uh, – I mean, look, we talked about it on this program, okay? Um, <laughs> tell me about the culture change. And this is not – this is no – nothing against Chad Morris because obviously, you know, he's got his own problems. Fine. He's in Arkansas. Fine. Tell me the culture change that Sonny has brought to SMU in just a really short amount of time. Well, I think there's there's two answers to that, and the first one is going to sound relatively trite if you're uh, if you're a journalist, and because the answer to that question is he has developed a a one and zero mentality with this team. So 
they focus on going one and zero each week. Yes, we know. Sounds very trite. Sounds like it's something that we hear all the time from everybody. Exactly. But <laughs> but here's the here's the deal though. When you when you look at what they're doing, each and every week they focus on this their opponent. They go all yep. in on their opponent. They play them. Yep. They win. They celebrate for a couple of hours, and that next day they are focused on the next opponent. It's it's right. a business like mentality, and you know you have to respect that. Especially if if a team is winning, you have to say, okay, these guys are dead serious. That's number one. Number two, you have to look at their transfers. And, you know, the transfer portal for SMU has been the MVP of of everything because these guys have, have got the right uh, chemistry going. Uh, Shane Bouchel coming, out, coming from Texas, he's really, mm-hmm. uh, you know, put this team on the back. He's got the job done. He obviously had a, a chip on his shoulder leaving Texas, you know, uh, with, with Sam Ellinger getting the, the starting job. So he wants to let everybody know that he can get everything done and he can handle business. He's done that. He, you know, lead, I believe leads the, uh, the AAC in, 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 in passing yardage, I believe. And, I mean, just the guy who, when you ask him about it, uh, ask him about the, the, the season, he's talking about we're just focused on going 1-0. Uh, you look at the the defense right now, which is which is a weird a weird situation because this defense is uh, yeah I think they're sixth in the AAC in scoring, but they're they're ranked second nationally in sacks. <laughs> so uh, it's a weird deal. But then when you when you ask them about it, they're telling you, oh, you know, it's just a one and no mentality here. Everybody's bought into this thing, and it's a boring answer for us, but. This thing really, really works for that that program. So it, it, it's 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 basic, man. If, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You keep going, keep it moving, and that's exactly what they're doing right now. Isaac, um, sure. I'm, I'm I'm not sure because I didn't hear the first part of the interview. I might be uh, repeating questions here, but you look at this this SMU offense, um, and. At wide receiver, I mean, there's some tremendous talent. We all know about senior wide receiver James Prochet, 692 yards, nine touchdowns. And also, junior Reggie Robertson Jr. with six touchdowns in the season. Even uh, Keelan Granson, uh, 355 yards, three touchdowns. Kind of talk about this this receiving core who's been given <laughs> most of the defense in the AEC all kinds of problems this year. Yeah, when you look at, uh, at Prochet and Roberson, I mean, they're easily candidates for being uh, the best one-two punch, uh, one of the best one-two punches uh, from a receiver tandem perspective yeah, in the entire country. And there's a lot of folks who will say, well, you know, what about these guys? Or what about these guys? And, you know, no one's talking about Prochet and Roberson. And the production speaks for themselves, speaks for itself. But, uh, you know, we're, we're still monitoring what's going to happen with Roberson. Uh, you know, he's, he's dealing with some – uh, some minor injuries yeah. right now. I believe it's a foot injury. Uh, but, you know, Prochet was banged up after the Houston game. So uh, the good news with these guys is that uh, they truly – another trite statement here, but uh, they truly believe in the next man up mentality. So, uh, uh, you know, you've got a freshman in Rasheed Rice who's been playing uh, very, very well at, at receiver. Uh, you know, he took over the spot for Roberson when he went down. Colin Granson, you mentioned him, you know, playing tight end. Uh, a guy who's really become uh, kind of safety net, uh, if, if anything, inside, uh, in, you know, in between the tackles for for Robert, uh, for uh, excuse me, um, uh, Shane Bouchel. 
uh, you've got guys who can make plays uh, at the wide receiver spot, and I think a lot of that involves uh, the experience of Bouchelle, but you have to also give credit to that offensive line who's playing very, very well right now. I mean, you you can't get uh, 504 yards a game uh, per average, and, and you can't score 43 points a game without a solid O-line because, as we all know, if that line isn't blocking for you, nothing's going down, everything is going you-know-where, and uh, you've got to give them credit. So uh, this wide receiver core, I mean, they're obviously a product. They, they work side-by-side with Bouchelle, and uh, there's a lot of chemistry there, and there's a lot of confidence there. And, um, you know, this team is going to go as Bouchelle goes, but Bouchelle also knows that he's got the guys to get it done. So uh, you've got to give credit uh, to that chemistry there. Uh, my question: When you take a look at this, you know that, that high flying offense. Where would you, where do you think the weak point is? If 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 you were going to go against SMU, your game plan, how would you attack uh, the SMU offense? Well, I think um, I honestly think Temple had the idea, the right idea early. Uh, they put a lot of pressure. On, uh, on on the, on their front seven did an outstanding job in the first quarter, quarter and a half of making life a little bit tough for that O-line, uh, you know, beating them off the first step. You know, again, if if that O-line can't get the job done, Bouchelle can't get the job done with, with this team. So uh, I think personally, if, if you're Memphis, your, your goal is to make sure that your, your front seven is faster than their – five offensive linemen faster than their tight end, their blocking tight end. But, um, you know, that is the obvious – that's going to be the obvious question. Who's going to be the faster guy? Who's going to be the the uh, the, the more uh, explosive unit? Who's going to be that, that group that actually uh, you know, tops the other group? So um, the answer to that is going to ultimately lead to the winner of uh, a Saturday night's game. Where? So – Defensively, you guys have been better than you were last year. I mean, one of the things that Memphis did last year was exploited you with the running game. We, now, we did that to everybody last year, but that's not the point. <laughs> My point is that, that, that we were able to exploit that. Defensively, this year, you guys have really been tightened up. So t- tell me what you've done defensively to improve over the last two we faced off last year. I think this year's defense is just more of a it's more of a bend but don't break type of feel to it. You know, prime example is last week against Houston. You know, it, you're not supposed to win a football game when a team scores on a one possession play or one play possession, excuse me, three times in one game. That's just not supposed to happen. But Houston scored one on one play. Uh, three in three possessions. So uh, this team, and, and that's why I say uh, this defense is, is it's such a question mark because, again, you go back to to the stats and uh, rank sixth in the AAC in scoring defense, twenty almost twenty eight points a game. Rank seventh in the AAC in team defense, averaging almost uh, three hundred ninety, giving up almost three hundred ninety yards a game. But then you look at the sacks, <laughs> thirty six sacks for the season. Uh, you know, seven sacks against Houston, and and they're ranked number two behind Pittsburgh. 
for the nation, the National League. So it's a team that makes plays at the right time. Um, it, it, you know, they don't do anything super spectacular for four quarters. They just happen to make the right play at the right time. And, you know, again, I, I mentioned earlier that I, I wrote something about sometimes you have to be good and you have to be lucky. And I think in this case, defensively, they're both. They're good and they're lucky. You know, they they had three takeaways against Houston, uh, uh, two two fumble recoveries and an interception. So they make plays when they have to. But uh, there's going to be a time where those plays just aren't going to come. So you're going to have to step that game up from a defensive perspective. You're going to have to play lights out. Everybody's going to have to play lights out. You can't give up uh, plays like you did against Houston, especially if, you, if you're expecting to beat a team like Memphis because Memphis will expose you. And um, I think they understand that. But uh, that's where the challenge comes in, and uh, everybody's ready for Saturday. So, you know, let the games begin. Let's see how everything flies out. I'll save my question for last. Isaac or Larry, do you have any other questions before I ask the last one? No, I'm good. No, I'm good. I'm good. Last question for me, uh, Damon, what type of game do you expect and do you have a score prediction? Ooh, the prediction question. Feel free to change it later. <laughs> you, yeah, I, I really feel like this is going to be one of those games. And, you know, I don't know if it's because the game is a prime time game because it's going to be on ABC, because it's going to give the AAC an opportunity to say this is what we do. I just got a feeling that this game is going to be high scoring. I really feel like it's going to be high scoring. And when I say that, I mean, you know, the, the first team, the 50, could win, you know. And uh, I don't know if I can give. I, I mean, I, I hate to do this. I hate to be the fence traveler because I've – Normally don't do this, but I've been going back and forth with this for a while now. It's like, okay, uh, you 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 look at SMU and they have they have all the tools to get it done, but you look at Memphis, they're at home and and they're playing, they're coming off of this this you know kind of a consolation victory, so to speak, against Tulsa, and they want to come in and show everybody what they're truly made of. So it's tough to say what team is going to show up, but I really feel like the winning team is going to be the first team to score 50. And I think I think it can be one of those situations because I feel like SMU's offense is that good, but I also feel like SMU's defense can give up those points. So, again, first team to 50 wins, and uh, then we can we can talk about it maybe later on after that. <laughs> Definitely. And yeah. tell everybody where they can uh, find your work and find you on uh, Twitter. Yeah, you can find us on uh, – well, find me on Twitter. I'm at Damon Sales, D-A-M-O-N-S-A-Y-L-E-S. Uh, if you want to make it easy, uh, you can just find us, find our team at at, uh, at our SMU Twitter site, and that's at Pony Up Rivals, Pony Up Rivals, P-O-N-Y-U-P-R-I-V-A-L-S. Feel free to chime in. Love to hear from you. Haters, trolls, go away. We're here for this. <laughs> and, you're, and, you're, and you'll be in the Liberty Bowl too, right? I will be there, absolutely. And I'm looking forward to getting some uh, authentic uh, Memphis barbecue, heading to Bill Street, having a little fun definitely. afterwards. And uh, yes, indeed, we're gonna we're gonna have a good time. Go I mean, go to Central or the barbecue shop. Just 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 that's just my thing. Oh, I'll, I'll definitely be touching base with you guys just to to to, to <laughs> figure out where I need to go. So. Uh, 
you know, we're going to try. Hopefully we'll, we'll have that everything done uh, relatively uh, early in the evening. I know it's going to be a late night for us, but uh, Bill Street never closes. And, you know, we're going to have a good oh, time. No, and, no, after the game, you'll have plenty of time. If you got money or a gun, <laughs> you can get something to eat on Bill Street. There I mean, you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. Good deal. Good deal. So, yeah, look, I, 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 the last time I was in uh, Memphis, I believe, was 2000 and uh, I believe 2004. So it's been a while. So I'm looking forward to returning. Hmm. All right. Yes, well, love to have you. It definitely should be a great game. And, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. Sounds good, guys. Appreciate you letting me on. Hey, right, thank you, Dan. Of course, that was uh, Damon from the SMU site. Uh, guys, I mean, what, what do you think of his uh, assessment of the game and the team? Cop out. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping to get a score. I was hoping. But I understand. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We have a full week. But I mean, if I had to give a score prediction now, I mean that may change because I mean I, I mean I, I do think it's going to be a high scoring game. Yeah. But uh, let's go. Yeah, let's got... go back. Uh, go back real quick to the uh, the Tulsa game. Started off strong. Oh shoot, man! I need, I do we need have, another do we have drink. To, do we have to talk about that? Yeah. Do we have to talk well, about? I, it? Well, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, but I think there were good. There were good parts to this game. Okay. Like the first, the first ten minutes or fifteen minutes oh, of the game was amazing. Oh man, fantastic! <laughs> and, and 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 look, um, let's face it, uh, special teams was one of the things that saved our goose. Now, oh man, I I, 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 I have I have to say like, okay, so we blocked two field goals, they missed a field goal, we missed a field goal, so. Like I got, I got roasted because, and and I want to defend myself just a touch here, because <laughs> I got roasted on Twitter because I, I, I it, it, Brian, you know this. I say this all the time. Oh yeah. Kickers are idiots. Okay. Kickers are idiots. <laughs> and, and I want, I want to explain why I say that. And, and I'm not talking about the specific young man at Tulsa because that young young man has had a rough season and that's a tough kick to miss. And for him, I want, I want to say this like, I feel for him particularly. And I don't mean what I say as every like, like to that individual. But but let me explain myself. So 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 I'm gonna take you to what a normal football practice was for me for four years. Okay? It's you're out there practicing and they say it's two hours. <laughs> two hours. <laughs> Okay, so it's as long as the coach wants you out there, and then they report this two hours. So you're out there, you're practicing, and the kickers are on the sidelines, and that's with with plural because you've got the punter, you've got multiple place kickers are over on the sidelines, standing around drinking water, maybe on the bicycle a little bit, you know, whatever. But they're just over there kind of chilling, okay, what we would say these days. And then at the end of the practice, or sometimes in the middle of the practice, but most of the time at the very end, you do special teams. And they, you know, saunter out onto the field <laughs> and, you know, and you do special teams. They kick and then, you know, they do their little thing and then, and then they go back. Now, the rest of the team had to do post-practice runs. So you would sprint or you would do not the kickers. No, 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 no. 
the kickers got to go in and because we didn't want anybody to pull a hamstring or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, keep those legs. Got to keep those legs strong, man. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I say <laughs> kickers are idiots. I got a reason to say kickers are idiots, okay? So, well, uh, 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 so when and, and then and then the, the the real just kick in the pants to all of this um, is that you play the whole game. Yeah, I know where game, you're going. This dude that hasn't done <laughs> crap the whole week comes out and he's going to decide who wins or loses this game. <sighs> I'm gonna tell you what, fellas, that's a tough one to take. Okay, so so and 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 I love our kicker. I'm still friends with him. Like he's a good guy. I, I really, he really is a good guy. He's still an idiot, but he's a good guy. And <laughs> so I said last night, kickers are idiots, and I got roasted on Twitter. And I apologize. I was not talking about that particular young man. I was just talking about in general and how yeah. the game goes. And so in that sense. Last night's game was a band of idiots <laughs> because, you know, we had we had our punter shank a freaking punt for the first time all year, right? Yep. Um, and 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 I think I think uh, Evans was like, oh man, there must be a unicorn flying around. Man, I want to shoot him in the face twice. <laughs> I was like, dude, this is how trap games work. Okay, is that. And, and I'll also add this, and I'm going to say this Tuesday night. I was – last Sunday, I was like, ah, we're going to win this game. But as the as the week wore on and the talk about game day just kept on and on and on, I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. Here we go. By Thursday, I was mortified. I'm just like, we're going to lose. I could see it coming. Like you – Ray Charles could see it coming. <laughs> it was so. I'm just telling you guys, this was one of those games where you know you any other week we'd have beat these guys by 20. I'm telling you, we'd have beat them by 20. But this it was definitely a, a tale of two halves. I mean, when you take a look, yeah. just I mean, because the first half. You know, Memphis had 319 yards. Second half, Memphis only had 179 yards. First half, total plays, or where was it? They had 40 plays in the first half. They only had 19 plays in the second half. Second half, they didn't uh, they didn't convert a third down. They gave up 64% uh, of third downs for, you know, Tulsa. I mean, it was just Whatever happened at halftime, and I, we all know players look at their phones at halftime because, what, a couple of years ago, was it Darian Jones, you know? Darian Jones, yeah. Yeah, I said, watch this, you know, and then all of a sudden they had that great comeback. <laughs> I, do you get the feeling that they started seeing that college game day type of stuff? I, you know, because that really started happening at halftime, a little bit before halftime. Actually, it was the first quarter when it was announced that the Memphis uh, SMU game was going to be in prime time. Do you feel that they were kind of like we had a fourteen to nothing at the half, and it all went downhill yeah. after that, Brian? Yeah, I was like, Jinx, yeah. Jinx, I hate these guys, Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, even when I look at the drives, I mean, uh, I mean, they had, I mean, even in the going into the second quarter, I mean, they, you know, they they started the second quarter, you know, with a fumble, then they had a touchdown, touchdown. 
you know, uh, it was a field goal attempt that was missed. Um, and then turnover on downs and a touchdown. Um, I'm sorry, that that goes into the, the third quarter. That the the field goal attempt that's that ended the, the the half there for Memphis on their drives. Yeah, our idiot still, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We already talked about it. <laughs> two two out of the three final drives in the first half resulted in touchdowns. I just, but that that second half, I mean, they just came out flat. Couldn't do anything. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I think everyone played poorly in the second half. I mean, coaching. You got to point the finger somewhere, and that, that coaching staff really. I mean, and he Damon was right. You you, you got to be good, but you also got to be lucky. Or did they luck out? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that it just got. Play. I was gonna say it just. Yeah, I was gonna say it just got progressively worse as the second half went on. I mean, you could. See, I mean, you start start to see the defense start to, to lose a little bit in, in this late in the second quarter, and it just got worse and worse in the fourth quarter. Man, I just. I didn't have any confidence in that defense stopping them at all. And we saw in that last drive, they just methodically just continued to move the ball down the field, and they just didn't have any answers for it. I mean, as, until as, I mean, SMU. Tulsa was doing pretty much anything they wanted there uh, late in that fourth quarter. And, I mean, you, the something, yeah, like you say, it's better to be lucky than good. And that's definitely the, the purest form of that statement there, what happened at the end of that game. It's, just, it, it's weird because when the play was materialized, I had some strange feeling that either they, they block it, or they they that he missed it and man he pulled that thing to the left man it's crazy but uh it, it, and I kind of talked about you're the Twitter, only one how, Isaac you the yeah. only one <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of <laughs> crazy how I guess how how what if you make that kick how much that impact would have had on Memphis on either side of the spectrum him missing that kick or him making that kick and what that the magnitude of that that single play and how big that was it's it's crazy man and. Uh, they, they, somebody's living right over there, man. Cause that, that's crazy the way that thing ended, especially with what was on the line and talking about game day and all that stuff coming up this week. And that could have been off the table if that thing went through. When, well, when and, Memphis was driving, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no. So I'm sorry. And think, and think about this real fast. So, so, so Memphis has basically controlled the game until the fourth quarter. I mean, I mean, you could say it kind of started in the third quarter, but yeah. but, but Memphis, the game will run. There's a couple of points where you go, oh, Memphis, you know, the momentum switch back. The the block field goal, we drive down, score a touchdown. Um, there was yeah. that moment. Then the game yeah. will run, where you know, and and it was there. I mean, he didn't even look like he was running. It was like he. he I mean, first off, yeah, man. <laughs> I'm in Jackson, Mississippi, at a band competition. And, and and there's like and I swear to you there's like twenty tiger fans and we're all standing around like little phones, like looking at that. That's <laughs> cr- that's what's crazy. Now you think about this. Ten years ago, was the was the four thousand people at at ECU, right mm. at the ECU game, and now I'm at a fan competition outside of Jackson, Mississippi. With twenty other Tiger fans, and you got twenty Tiger fans. Yeah, that's crazy. Right, right, right. First off, you couldn't have found twenty Tiger fans <laughs> in Jackson, Mississippi, ten years ago. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but but now there's twenty of us standing around on phones, around a phone, which I'm going to talk about when he missed the field goal here in a little bit. But you 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 cannot imagine. But anyway, so so what I'm getting at here is that this was a game that had so many like high and low emotions that that by the time it was over you were literally like 
how how did we get here? Like I can't even remember. I can't. There, there was no definitive like turning point. How did Tulsa go from fourteen to nothing that couldn't do anything with the ball to all of a sudden having two guys that almost ran for a hundred yards? And I'm just curious. So we lost our our our, our leading tackler and safety, right? We don't know if he's going to come back, right? Is that uh, bro- yeah? I haven't heard Brian, anything yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah I haven't heard. Yeah. So my question for you guys is this: Do you guys think that that was how, or why, one of the main reasons why Tulsa was able to do what they did? For me, oh, sorry. I, I say, go ahead. I say Anybody? no. I, I not, because I, I mean I go back to the way they played in the first half, or actually especially the first yeah. quarter. Um, yeah. You know, but second quarter you start you start to see things change because Tulsa outscored Memphis, you know, seventeen fourteen. Yeah, that's where it kind of started. They were doing fine. But now by the end of the game, I'm like, yes, it it was definitely you know definitely a difference. But the way Memphis started, it was no. That no turned quickly turned into a yes as the game as the game went on. Yeah, because I mean they played well uh, early in the game, and it's I don't know, man. At the end of the game, you could definitely. But I kind of said it throughout the game. They definitely missed. Blake um, on that back end, but I mean they played well right. early, but it just I don't know what happened. The wheels just came off. Um, again, you could start to see it. I started to see flippers there late in the second quarter. It just like snowballed, and by the end of the game, they just couldn't do anything on defense. I mean they were gassed by that time, and uh, I mean the running backs they were just running down. I mean they got beat on a line of scrimmage that second half. They were getting beat on both sides of the football line of scrimmage wise, and. Uh, I mean, that's something that they they got to get corrected because they they got a high powered offense coming in here next week and they got they got to be better because if they play like that next week they're gonna get blasted. Uh, they they have to be better defensively, but uh, they I think they definitely miss Santez Blake. I think that's gonna be a, a a big loss and something that that could affect them really affect them the rest of the season if he is not able to come back. They're saying it definitely, but I, I'm not sure he's gonna be back this year. What do you think about? I mean, because I know there was a lot of talk online, uh, you know, about Brady White's play. I mean, a lot of people thought, you know, he played, you know, well enough to yeah. have these naysayers, you know, keep coming around. But, I mean, I when I looked at his game, he started off strong. He started off four for five, but ended the game, you know, 11 for 20. Just, it was just – I kind of w- still want to see more. It's still that – I don't know. I mean, he's still like that Rex, Rex Grossman type that I see, but – Going into next week, I, I still think, you know, he needs to play better. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I thought yeah. the, the, the pass to Coxie was was um great read. And I yeah. went back and watched the game this morning. Um and 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 the and the, and, the, and, the, and that was just when you talk about clutch, we we can talk about this all we want, Brian, but in the clutch, that kid makes plays. He made them he against does. Wake Forest last year. He made them – really, other than early in the season last year, that kid's been really clutch. Second half versus Navy, he he was amazing. Second half versus Temple, he was great. Um, I, we, we can talk about this all we want, but that kid makes plays. And, and if, you know, if, if you're a coach, what you want is, is for your kid to make plays at, at the end of the game. 
and it, okay, yeah, their kid missed a field goal, but but he did when he got the ball, and we're down six in the fourth quarter with four minutes to go. He let him on a touchdown drive. You, we can talk about this all day, but this kid has thrown. He's he's going to throw for three thousand yards this year. It's going to happen unless he gets hurt. Like it's going to happen. He's going to throw for three thousand yards. He's probably going to throw for twenty touchdowns. What, what's he up to now, guys? I, I I looked it up earlier today. I can't remember what the number is. But he he I mean he's going he, he yeah he's he, at twenty one sixty one right now. He's at twenty one sixty one right now. He's going to throw for over three thousand yards. He's going to throw for over twenty touchdowns. I mean, at the end of his career, I don't know if he's going to pass Paxton, but he probably will. I mean, he's this kid's really good. He's not great, and I said this on Austin Cox's show the other day that he's just very cerebral. He's not this overly athletic guy who's going to beat you with his legs or beat you with his just incredibly strong arm. He's going to outthink you. He's going to go in the game, and he's going to make the right play at the right time. And damn it, guys, that's all you want. I mean, at the end of the day, isn't that what you want? It may not be flashy, but mm-hmm. man, is it effective. Hey, I, I agree. Like you said, that when it's time to make plays, he makes plays. And to kind of compare him to not that their, their games are similar or anything, but like that press time with the Dallas Cowboys. Sometimes in the middle yeah. of the game, he Great makes mistakes. Call. He does things that you Great that call. you don't don't want to see. But then when when the game's on the line, fourth quarter, you'll see him lead these drives, lead these long drives down the field, score when they have to. Garoppolo. We've seen, that's another yeah, one. We've seen, yeah, we've seen Brady do that time and time again. Most of the time, he's not going to lose a game for you. Now we saw at Temple turn up, even in that game, um, he made some plays well, early, late in that early. game, obviously. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, he turned did turn the ball over. Uh, four times, but uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, he made plays in that game that kind of set them up to be in position to win that one as well. So, uh, I mean, it, it, it's frustrating at times because you see him make these wonderful throws, like the play to the Kofi we were talking about, just a beautiful read, beautiful throw by Brady on that one. And then other times you see these passes and you're scratching your head, like, what is this guy doing? Uh, but I, I just, I would like to see him do it more, be more consistent, just like uh, Brian said, to see him do it throughout the game because we've seen him do some things that say this guy's pretty good. And then other times you're scratching your head again. So just I would like to see him put together a complete game like that. The two lanes, you got to give a credit, a lot of credit to the offensive line because I don't even know if he got touched in that game. He was fantastic in that one. Um, and I think against SMU. I don't think he got sacked yesterday either, did he, guys? I don't, I don't uh, think he got sacked. I don't. No, he might not have. I don't, I don't think right, so. Right. I don't, and he I don't got that. He got that. Yeah, he he picked right. up the fourth down and two, and and I don't think I don't think he got sacked. Yeah, no. Yeah, the great uh, second effort on that fourth and two. Yeah, definitely shout out to that fourth and two. Great second effort there. Oh, he barely, barely got he it, man. He took off running. I was like, I was like, there, there were there were tight booty holes all over. Like, man, now, that was, I, bring, that was, I bring this up. Was, not, yeah, I bring up Brady White not to you know you know I just wanted to bring up for conversation because I know there's always people you know that either yeah. hate him or love yeah, him. No, yeah. But I bring this up yeah. because you know Shane Bouchelle. You know, I, I, I've had conversations with folks like, oh, you know, we, we need a quarterback like him. Well, let's compare. I mean, just, just without looking, you would think Buchel would have just, you know, far superior numbers than Brady White. Would you, would you, would you agree with that, that without looking, you, it would seem like he would have be, you know, outpace him in yards and touchdowns and whatnot? 
I figure he'd be higher, but I don't think it'd be much. Yeah, it, it, he's only like 164 yards more than Brady White. Brady White has 2161 yards, 20 touchdowns, four interceptions. Michelle has 23, uh, 25 yards, 20 touchdowns, seven interceptions. So when you take a look at these two quarterbacks, you know, for, for the ones that truly, truly hate Brady White, and you know he can't do, you know, he can't do no, no right. You know, he's he's always doing something wrong. Just take a look at the numbers. I mean, he's not he's not as bad as everyone, you know, as some people think he is. So just just something to keep in mind. But I think we all can agree, Kenny Gainwell, that dude is a star. <laughs> wow, man! It, God, it, it, yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, it's what can he do? <laughs> it's the big question. He did did have, did have that fumble uh, in a game against Tulsa. Yeah, but, that was tough. Uh, but wasn't that but, his first one? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that was his first one. I mean, kid. I mean, like I said, I think coming into the season, and I, I talked to him. I knew he was going to have a big year. He was told me how excited he was to get an opportunity. But, but we kind of thought that he was the guy that could, could catch pass out of backfield and be that kind of change of the pace guy behind Patton Taylor. But he's come in and told me he can run between his tackles. I mean, he's a complete back, and I know I don't think a lot of people knew that he could do that. Uh, and it's it's been amazing. I know uh, Mike Norvell said he's maybe the best player he's ever coached uh, or, or been around. That's that's a big statement with some of the guys. We've got Daryl Henderson here last year. So for Mike Morvell to make that statement, that lets you know what he thinks of this kid. This kid's been an absolute revelation. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, when, when when Patrick Taylor gets back, whether that's this week or, or at Houston the next week. I think he's pretty close to getting back from, from people I've talked to. But it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of work Patrick Taylor back in into the lineup. Yeah, that's gonna and be he already has, yeah, and I, I think he has what nine hundred and let's see seventy nine yards, so he's he's nearly yeah. at a thousand. I don't think any well, freshman I mean, running back has ever done that before. Four, four games Memphis. left to play, man. I, almost at a thousand. I tweeted out today, and I, I believe this is true. Like, I think he can easily get to fifteen hundred yards. People are gonna go, well, duh. Well, I mean, look, there's only there's only what, yeah, four games left. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's only four games plus plus a bowl game. So yeah, I, I think, think he could easily get to fifteen hundred yards. Um, he could he can get to twenty touchdowns. He's at what fourteen right now. Um, he can get to twenty touchdowns. Here's the hammer: like this kid could have five hundred yards receiving before it's all said and <laughs> <Yeah>. done. <laughs> I mean, and, and you think so? He's he could easily be with no special teams, none. He could be. Over 2,000 yards from scrimmage, 2,500 yards from scrimmage, um, it's possible. He could get 2,500 yards from scrimmage, um, probably closer to 22. But the point is, my God, I mean, think about how hard that is to do. And, and, and at the same time, now, again, if Patrick could be in, in the backfield, that probably wouldn't have happened. But, I mean, let's say Patrick plays the last three games, which I, that's what I'm hearing. That he may yeah. play SMU, but more than likely he's gonna. If he does play SMU, it'll be limited. Um, yeah, I've been told yeah. he and might then, get some, some snaps, but yeah, he probably won't right, be right. if he does play. Same, same, same thing I heard. But 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 then but then they think that after the break, after the the bye, that he will like play the last three games. Um. So let's say he takes some snaps. I mean, still this kid. I mean, fifteen hundred yards for a freshman, redshirt freshman. 
Um, <laughs> I, 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 that's incredible. Like, mm-hmm. did anybody? I, I, I would have thought a thousand. I could have gone a thousand. Fifteen hundred plus another five hundred receiving. That's amazing. That's for a freshman. A red shirt, but still a freshman. Jeez. Uh, you take a look at uh, Daryl Henderson because he was strong out of the backfield as well. Henderson only had 758 uh, receiving yards in his career. Career? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> wow. <his> career. <laughs> I mean, Gainwell already has, what, 440? I mean, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's special. Right. And he's, like I said, 2,500 yards. Now, if he gets to. If he gets to fifteen hundred and a thousand, which I don't think that's going to happen, but if he does, let—I mean, let's when we get there, let's talk about it. But we'll, I, I think the question has to ask: Is that the greatest season of any Tiger ever? I mean, I think that's what we'll be. Yeah, hey, I'm looking at uh, D'Angelo Williams. He only had—I mean, his best, you know, receiving uh, was three hundred eighty-four in two thousand three, but he only had seven twenty-three in his whole career at Memphis as well. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're going to be I mean, talking about but one of the best ever. Yeah, I'm just going mm-hmm. to just think that he's just a retro freshman, uh, and uh, how much more he has to go. It's just crazy to think about the numbers that this kid's going to put up. I I think he might walk away from here. Like you said, we're in conversation. If not, the, the greatest Tiger ever. I really do think he has that type of potential uh, to be talking about. He's putting up these kind of numbers already. I mean, and I don't even I don't even know what to say about that kid anymore. It's just you just watch it, and I mean it's not, I'm not even amazed at anything he does anymore. He's been so good this year. I mean we looked at Daryl Henderson and saw some of those plays last year. It's been even better than that. It's just crazy, man. And then switching on the defense, when you look at this game, who stood out to you? Uh, who stood out on the defense uh, for you guys? Uh, I mean for me. Ooh. I mean, when we did our article, <laughs> top five defensive players. Yeah, the top five was number five, Jonathan Wilson. Um, number four was Austin Hall. Austin Three, Hall. Three, uh, Joseph Dorcius. Number two, Thomas Pickens, which that was his best game. He hasn't had a great year when you when you took a look uh, when you take a look at his uh, pro football uh, oh. focus grades. But this was his best, uh, you know, best game in over a year. And then number one, Bryce Huff. Uh, I mean, Rise up, yeah. If you six tackles, uh, one and a half sacks, uh, uh, one and a half tackles for loss, uh, one quarterback hit, but uh, his grade was eighty-five point three. Uh, when you take a look at those five guys, I mean, which one of those stand out uh, for you? Well, it was it was so bad in the second half. It's, it's hard to to say anybody did great. I mean, Bryce Huff. I was gonna say <laughs> Bryce Huff has to be the guy. I guess if you're gonna gonna pick one, but man, it's Todd, man, it was so bad in the in the second half. And if you hadn't talked about that, what about that hole on that 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 on Bryce Huff on that that Tulsa touchdown? <laughs> I don't know if we mm. hadn't touched on that. I mean, that's just how do you miss mm. that one, man? Just wide open, man. <laughs> that one, that's ah, yeah, yeah. These these two amazing. They the, the stuff that they see, quote unquote, don't see. I mean, it just it, it yeah. still amazes me. But yeah, I think Bryce Huff out of those guys, and Austin Hall played well. He made some plays in the game as well, but I think Bryce Huff, I guess if you had to pick a, a defensive player to game in, in that game, I think he would have had to have been the guy. I mean, at times he made some plays. JoJo Dorsey is with a, a big stop there uh, yeah. late in the game to, to hold him to a field yeah. goal, uh, to give him credit that, there. Uh, what, what do you think, Larry? To hold him to hold him to a field goal try, that was a yeah, big try, play yeah. of the game. Because, and, here, and here's here's what 
I don't understand coaches sometimes, and and, and I uh, I've been there, and I understand that it's tough. Like you're out there on the field, and 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 you're trying to make a decision really fast. Um, but to go for the field goal in that spot, guys, I I didn't think I didn't think there was any way we were going to stop them, and they kind of stopped doing what they were doing. And started running yeah. all up the middle. I agree. Yeah. And, I was like, what? I was and, like, and not only like, that, guys, they set him up on the right. And maybe maybe he he wanted to be on the right hash. Maybe he did. Like I don't know. Like again, I, I your kicker is your kicker and whatever. Most most kickers won't be dead in the middle. So he was on the left hash or the right hash. I'm sorry. And and they could have run that ball anywhere. But he turns around and runs the ball, kind of like a little sweet thing, and and we held them, and they yeah. and again I, I don't, but you know what I'm talking about on on that yeah I kind of thought I was thinking play. the same thing yeah I, I was thinking the I, same I, thing I was like I, okay I, well why are you why did, I mean why they couldn't we couldn't stop it right why didn't your quarterback if you if you really want to set it up why didn't your quarterback just walk right over to the middle and snail down yeah. okay fine I mean down and, and, and right in the middle of the field and you call your timeout and then you kick your field goal. Okay. But they didn't do that. And I'm not I'm not questioning the kid you know the kitchen made a field goal. Let's let's not let's not kid ourselves. They had it dead to rights. But they had us dead to rights. But but by putting it on the right hash, now he's got to kind of you can see what he did. You know, it's like me mm-hmm. with that four foot par putt. You know I, he tried to guide it. Yeah. And that's exactly what he did. And when he did, he just pulled it. Like, he just pulled it. Like, me shanking, shanking that putt, which happens every single friggin' time. We're not going to talk about that. But, I mean, the point is, like, that's – as a coach, if you've got the other team on the ropes, keep doing what you're doing. I mean, and here's what's crazy. And I, thought, I actually told my wife this on the way back from – from Jackson, if we make the field goal at the end of the half and we're up by four instead of one, we lose because I think he goes. I think I think they they run it straight into the end zone. I really do. I don't think we can stop. Yeah, it. yeah. That's think the same thing. That. I, I, yeah, I saw exactly what you you're saying. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, why did they go away from what they're doing? Because our defense hadn't shown. For a quarter and a half, that they could do anything to stop them. I mean, I, I think they helped us out a little bit, and it ended up coming back to bite them. Like you said, I mean, they he, he, set up on that right. He overthought he, it, don't you think? Yeah, don't, don't you think? I, I think, think so. Think, yeah, I mean, and and I love Philip Montgomery. Um, I think he's done a hell of a job this this year to get them back. Um, that was a team. You, Isaac, you and I talked about this last year. At, at when when they came over to Memphis, I mean, they literally wanted to be. Anywhere in the <laughs> Where, world, but, but, but the Liberty Bowl. But the Liberty Bowl <laughs> that day, like that, they, they was they they literally would, would wanted to be anywhere else. Um, and I don't remember what the final score was. We beat them so bad it was merciless. We could have named our number. I, I think that was the game where Pops returned the touchdown. It was yeah. It returned the the punt for the touchdown. It was a joke. Like we left and went to the slider in. It was that bad. <laughs> um, I mean literally. Um. I, so he's done a heck of a job this year getting that program turned around. But guys, I gotta tell you, um, he outcoached himself. 
you know, that's the smartest man in mm-hmm. the room mentality. Yep. I, I think so. I, and I think, I think, uh, like Sam Donald said, he might have been seeing ghosts. I mean, they had so many games. Like, you would go back to the SMU game where and the game that they should have won. I mean, they, they played well at times this year. It's just not translating into wins. And I talked with their beat writer from Tulsa World, Kelly Hines, earlier this week. Um, and he, his seat's hot up there, and they're, they're about ready to make a change. And it's just tough. Cause I, I agree with Larry. I think he's done a good job. It's just, just not translating to wins. And when you don't win games, I mean, it's, it's, that's a bottom-line business. It's, the left column is what keeps your job. And it's looking at it now, they're maybe with their two and six. It's just, just tough because I do think he's done a good job. It's just if it doesn't translate yeah. to wins, I mean, nothing, nothing you can say yeah, about I it. Thought- I thought he would lose his job, uh, you know, early in the season, you know, looking at it, I'm like, I oh, mean, yeah, well, preseason, we were talking about, you know, which coaches you yeah, know, we thought would yeah. be on the hot seat. We all said, I think, I think this would be the game. Like after this game, we, we thought uh, he would be fired, but they are a lot better than their record. That's for, that's for sure. Oh, 100%. And I, I, I don't, and if they, if they let him go, I think it would be a mistake. I, I really think he deserves yeah. at least another year. Because next year they could be SMU. Yes. I believe that. I believe that. I really do. I mean, I mean, I mean look at that. I mean, it, but they, they could be SMU. I mean, I was going to say, you look back at their schedule. I mean, they, they opened up at Michigan State. I mean, they uh, played really well there. I think they held them to 21 points. Uh, going to road, beat San Jose State. They pumped up for a half at Oklahoma State. They beat a, a, a solid Wyoming team. Should have beat SMU. They did get blown out by Navy. Played really well at against, at Cincinnati and should have beat Memphis. So, I mean, it's, it's just tough, man, to see how – that thing played out because I, I do think well, he's a good coach. They were flat. They got talent on there. They just got to win some of those games. Yeah. Don't you think they were flat after SMU? So and 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 they'll probably be flat next week too because man, that's the yeah. They had Tulane. Yeah. And 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 Tulane is no slouch. I mean, we know that. Um. So. I, I, no, because they, they, Navy. Play. I was gonna say Navy came out and jumped on them and they came back and almost almost won that game. Oof. You take the AAC um, West. I think that's a better conference than the ACC Coastal. I mean, top, top, to bottom. I, I mean, I, I mean, you, you, you keep saying, yeah, probably. I, 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 I mean, think you so. can even put Tulsa. Yeah, you put Tulsa. I mean, even even Houston, I think, would still have a, a couple of wins in the uh, the Coastal. But still, I mean, you take uh, I mean SMU, Memphis, Tulane, Tulsa, uh, th- those four. I mean, I think those four could be, you know, uh, top four as far as this year anyway. But, yeah, the AAC – I mean, the ACC Coastal Conference, man, that's just – that's not good. I mean, if you <laughs> well, just take and, Clemson out, I mean, you, you, I would say the American Conference is way better than the uh, ACC. Yeah, without Clemson, I think you're right. I was thinking about this the other day, that if you put let's, – let's take Cincinnati. Okay, I'm just, I'm just picking on Clemson. Cincinnati – or SMU or Memphis, which is and UCF. Okay, those are probably the best four teams in the AAC, mm-hmm. most likely. If you take any one of those teams and drop them into the ACC, they're the second best team in the ACC right now. Right now, yeah. I believe that. I believe that. Now, now, do we have more talent than Florida State? Nope. Do we have more talent than Miami? Nope. But we're probably better coached. Than all of those teams, I know we're better coached than, than Florida State. Bless God, bless us. That brings <laughs> up an interesting question, and I brought this up earlier in the year. Does Willie Taggart end up back at USF? I'm just asking, like seriously. I think it's a serious question. 
I've I've heard some 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 rumors about that. There's a lot of people think that it's a real possibility um, that it could happen. It would be be it would be wild, but I, I don't think it's out of the question because I have heard rumblings that that is a a real possibility that, that could happen. And he wasn't great at USF, other than for a year and a half. He yeah. wasn't great there either. That's what's crazy. I mean, he had two players. Both of them are in the NFL right now. I mean, but I in the, and I bring that up because you and Isaac, you and I have both heard the same thing. Like I, I've heard Charlie's gone, Taggart's gone. Yeah, and Taggart Charlie's is open <laughs> to go. Yeah, yeah, Charlie's definitely gone. <laughs> And 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 I I I've heard he may be gone before Memphis plays him. By the way, I just want to say that like that's very possible. Yeah, I think um, we got to mention that a few weeks back. Uh, we got to talk about would he still be the coach early in the season? Would he still be the coach when they played Memphis? And I said no. Uh, I'm kind of surprised he's still there, but I did. It will be interesting to see because uh, I, I mean he lost that team. How much money he's making? Yeah, he's making a lot of money. He lost he lost that team last year. I don't think he's had that team yep. since the middle of last season. I mean, it's just been a disaster down there. I mean, I thought he'd do a, a great job there and end up back in a uh, in, in a power five job. I think he ends up back in a power five, but I think it'll be as an assistant. Yep, me too. He'll be a defensive right. coordinator somewhere. Yeah. Looking forward to this week's game, the SMU game. No, you're good. No, we're good. We're good. Uh, before we start talking about, you know, the – I guess the the keys to the game and then looking at the game itself, were either one of you surprised that we got the six thirty time slot, prime time? Um, no, I know because the other well, I mean, the other option yeah. is that Oregon US, USC game, and, and you're yeah. not going to do that. No, I mean, I, 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 I yeah, I think I was surprised. I mean, I think it's the best game of the week. You got two. Top 25 teams. I mean, it's a, a, a non-power five, two non-power five schools, so they've got the story there, and it's just I, I wasn't surprised. I, I think it should be uh, the primetime game. Look at because it, it's not a, a great schedule at all. I mean, again, the Oregon that the USC game would have been the one, but I, I just don't think you can can do that. What I mean, uh, I, I think I think it, I think they picked the right one, so I really really wasn't surprised. I and, it, and this should be – this is the first time I think Memphis will be prime time ABC at Dirt, yeah, you know. Yeah, they had, they, they, they've had the noon. They've never had, they've never had the, the, the night prime time game, no. All right, now now breaking nope. down the game, it, it's, it's a scary game. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it could go it could go either way, but like, like like Damon said earlier, I really think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah. I, what, what, scares, what scares me? I say, what scares me about this game? I, I do think it's going to be really high scoring. I think it's going to be a shootout. What scares me is that if Brady tries to go toe to toe with Bouchel, I think SMU is really good against the run. They get they only give up 116 yards, but I don't think Memphis needs to go all the way away from what they do. I think they need to continue to try and run the football and then and then set up the set up the pass. I don't think. They want to get into a game where Brady's just trying to sling it all over the field. I think if that happens and he tries to keep up with Michelle in that way, I think they could get into trouble. I think they need to continue to do do what they do. Um, I, I know, I, like I said, I know SMU's good against the run, but I mean we have Kenny Gainwell. Yeah. Man. Uh, so he's he's yeah, gonna, he's going to get yeah. he's going to get his in this game. So uh, you continue to try to run the football and, and, and pass the ball. Just don't get too far out of what 
what you do. Because if you get to get into a game where it's, it's Brady just trying to swing it down the field all game, I think Memphis could, could run into some problems. So that's kind of what scares me if they get into that type of game. I think it could be could be uh, in, in the favor of SMU. I'm more concerned about our pass rush, and um, I'm concerned that we have to make get pressure on the shell. And got to make him uncomfortable. Yeah, we got to make him comfortable, especially on third down. We were so bad yesterday on third yeah. downs. We've got to now again. You're at home, so you have the crowds. That makes a difference. You've also got. Um, Again, you're in your environment, so you're, you've got to go in there. You've got to – and it should be a big crowd. I don't know that it's going to be a sellout, but I think it'll be a big crowd. I think there will mm-hmm. be a good crowd there. Um, I think there will be a lot of curiosity from the, the Joe Average fan. I mean, you're going to have your 40,000, 40,000 Tiger fans, and then you're going yeah, to have your – yeah, then you're going to have 10,000 or so, 15,000 casual. So I would fully expect 50, 55,000, um, which, you know, that would be close to a sell, but I don't know. That's just a gut feel. I, I mean, you know, I, I could be wrong plus or minus 5,000, but whatever. We're going to be in the ballpark. But the point is you get the crowd into the game early because you've got to be able to – Get off the ball and get to the quarterback and make him uncomfortable. And I think, you know, one of the things with a high-scoring game, like what Brian thinks it is and I do too, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game for a lot of reasons. But one of the things with a high-scoring game, what you want to do is you want to make them feel pressured to score on every possession. And And that will make them do things that they don't want to do necessarily. Um, they've got two of the best receivers in the league, not even close. Yeah, you cannot let those guys get out there and make double moves and, you know, shake your DBs. You can't do that. You've got to make them get rid of the ball quick because that's when you get in trouble. Yeah, One, a couple it, positive it, things. Okay. Uh, let's say this real quick. A couple of positive things from Memphis. SMU, um, I mean, I mean Memphis defense, they do better against the pass than they do against the run. I mean, I know, it, you know, it may not seem that way sometimes, but you know, when you take a look at the stats, uh, they allow less passing yards than they do rushing yards. And SMU is a passing team, so I mean, that's that's you know that's something. But I'm I'm with you, Larry. I really you have got to get pressure on that quarterback. And Isaac, I was, I was going to say too. Kind of to Larry's point, I think it's also important. I think Memphis needs to to come out and jump on them, keep the crowd in it. I think if you fall behind, I think that kind of forces you to, to sometimes go away from the run game more than than they need to. Uh, again, that kind of goes back to my point and kind of to Larry's point. I, I just think I think they jump on them early, so they because if you get behind, you get to a point where you again it gets SMU you and a team that does that type of offense. You, you're gonna tendency to want to throw the ball down the field consistently. I just, I just think Memphis is better when they're they're running the football and and using that to set up the pass instead of being forced to throw the ball down the field because they're trailing and and you're trying to get back in the game. So I, I think it's important that they come out, keep the crowd in it, and, and try to get a lead 
instead of playing playing from behind, because I think if they're playing from behind against SMU, I think in a shootout, I think that that kind of leads the advantage towards SMU a little bit. Yeah. All right. Final uh, final predictions. Uh, we'll do a final score, and uh, I know Larry, you've already said uh, what you think the uh, attendance Man. prediction is going to be, but. So, yeah, we'll do a final score and prediction. And before that, uh, I, know, um, I know College Game Day still has yet to announce. Yeah, man, what is going, what is going on, man? So it's a logistics <laughs> thing is what is what I think everybody's been hearing. And and I heard yeah, the same thing. We were so the same it, thing. It's, it's logistics. a logistics thing about whether or not there's enough space at Tiger Lane for what they want to do. And, and t- apparently there's – a. And I and I forgot about this. The Tomley Park was an option. And people didn't want to hear this, but Tomley Park was an option. They've got something. There's a half marathon that's supposed to be at Tomley Park. So they're trying to figure out if they can move the half marathon. Um, and then they're also trying to figure out or try to see if there's enough room. So I got a text earlier tonight about tan, the tan lot. And they said, look, they're probably going to use the tan lot. So you've got two yeah, things going way. on here, guys. And the yeah, problem is, yeah, the problem is that you've got ABC is going to be doing the game that night, and then you've got um, if they try to also do game day, then you're going to be taking up basically the entire tan lot. And there's so. That's what I was told. Okay, I'm point blank. Like everybody's listening. So the, the basically that whole tan lot will be just ESPN and ABC. And where are they going to put? And Tiger Lane's big enough for the for for some of the stuff, but people don't realize how much space. I actually yeah. went and saw this when when they did it at LSU. LSU has this giant lot that's right beside the stadium. That all these people tailgate at. Well, basically, they took everybody and just just moved them down the street, and that's where game day was. Um, and there was a whole bunch of fussing and fighting, by the way. But it didn't matter. Point is, um, that's one of the things. So Tomlin Park was an option. They talked about that. Beale Street's not an option. It's not big enough. I've been told that by too many people. It's too yeah. small. There's no space. So. The, it's either going to be Tomley Park or Tiger Lane. That's what I've been told. You can just take that for what it is. Um, I do believe that – I do believe it will be in Memphis. I think the question is going to be whether it's at Tomley Park or Tiger Lane. Yeah, I was thinking Tomley Park. I was going to say real quick. I was thinking Tomley Park would – I was going to say real quick. I was thinking Park would be uh, an option even before that that kind of came up because it's got a lot of game days brought to you brought by – Sponsored by a bad pro shop, and you got a huge backdrop of a bad pro shop. There. I thought that would be, yeah, I that's, thought that would be really, really good for the show. So and that's I don't very, know. We'll, we'll see. That's 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 one of the things that I heard the exact same thing. Uh, you got Bass Pro in the background; they love it. Bass Pro would love it. Um, Memphis, the university wants it at Tiger Lane. At Tiger Lane, yeah. Yes. So. And we and if I don't I think we'll hear it tonight. It's going to be at Tom Lee Park. Yeah, right, that's what somebody else just tweeted out. I think Evan said the same thing. Um, I heard. I will say this: if you if you're like me and you have a tan lot spot, get your tail to the game <laughs> early 
because I think there are going to be limited spaces for the tan lots. Um, I also heard that they may move tan lot to CPU and shuttle everybody. <sighs> okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> So before we go into our yeah, before we go into our final anyway, uh, go, predictions go for the game and attendance, uh, we'll have our uh, weekly uh, Rowdy Rod caller. Uh, so uh, okay. Rod, are you there? Give us your thoughts. Your your you know what you think of game day being at uh, you know being at Memphis, the prime time slot. Let us have it. All I got to say is Memphis, 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 baby. I absolutely <laughs> love that game. I hate to say it, guys. I'm sitting there on my couch, and I'm looking at the TV, and they they call the time. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I got up, and I started walking around. I'm like, oh, my gosh. We're going to lose this game. I cannot believe we're going to lose this game. I ain't worried about game day. I love game day. Don't get me wrong. I think it's going to be fantastic. But at that point, all I cared about was the fight of the Tiger. And we had fought in that game. And we, I'm going to say right now, Isaac, you said it. Larry, you, you said it. Brian, you said it. Tulsa's record does not reflect that team, okay? It kind of reminds me of the old, some of the old Tiger teams where you just can't win for losing. You know, um, you know the, the breaks just didn't fall your way. So, with that, I was really just sitting there one eye closed. The other one was squinting really, really hard. And when that <laughs> ball didn't go through, I ran out my front door because I didn't want to scare my animals. <laughs> so, anyway, um, I mean, you know, it was just, oh, my gosh, total, total. I couldn't believe it, you know. Um, um, the the game day, you know, it doesn't matter where it's at in Memphis to me. It's here, right? It's good for the city, okay? It's good for the university, right? And it's good, it's good for everything, right? It's going to bring more attention to this program, and that's what the excitement's about. And people – Larry, you called it. You know, I hate to say it, but you were right. As the week went on and the game day discussions went forward, it became that, that, that what do you call it, the jinx game or whatever you called it, right? You were right on point with mm-hmm. that, bud. But, you know, uh, the one thing I will tell you is I'm super excited, okay? You, you, you know, I am just super excited for what the Tigers are doing. I think we're going to win the West. I think there's going to be some upsets out there. I think it's going to start with Memphis and SMU, and then we're just going to move forward, right? Um, the the um, the one thing that I I hope that um, I saw glimmers of that SMU struggled with was the the Tulsa style defense. Memphis kind of opened up with that stuff. If you look back in those first two couple of possessions, if I'm not mistaken, they look similar to a Tulsa style. Uh, the style of defense. Would would y'all agree on that? I think. So anyway, you, you, said, anyway, you said that. that can y'all hear me? I don't, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I no, I was thinking. So I, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think that. Um. When when you go back and look at at what especially what Houston did in the second half, th- that was, that was similar. Um, and, and I'm, I, I, now again, I'm concerned about the lack of Sanchez Blake because. Right. Um, yeah. That's a, a big, big loss. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big loss. And so what we want to do again, you want to turn them one dimensional. And, and I know this is as crazy as it sounds, but, 
you know, they have a great passing game. But what you want to do is get them into predictable situations, and that's what Houston mm-hmm. was able to do. And if you can do that and you know what they're going to do, then that's when I think that's what you're talking about, or at least that's the way I'm interpreting yep. it. Yes, exactly, exactly. So the the one thing I'm 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 thinking is is you know you look at the the Tulsa SMU game, right? I mean Tulsa took them to the wire. What was it double or triple overtime? If I'm not mistaken, triple correct? overtime. Triple yeah. overtime. Okay. You know they're playing one of the best teams in the country. You know, I mean if they were in the top twenty five, right? Um, with that being said, you know I think Memphis's game plan. With the extra man on the field, that's being the whole Liberty Bowl. Um, you know, I think I think we're going to be able to maybe shake him up a little bit, take him out of his comfort zone, and uh, Michelle out of his comfort zone just a little bit, and and hopefully be able to attack him a little bit. That's that's the get him out of his game plan and and just hope at the end of the you know at the end of the game he's only got two or three touchdowns and and we're able to put the money on the board. I am so um, I want to talk real quick. You know, Isaac. I think you've admitted it. I've admitted it, right? That that um, that uh, kind of down on Brady White. You know what a turnaround yeah. with this kid. You know what a turnaround yeah. with him. You know, I mean, yeah, he maybe had to shake some of this. I don't know what what was going on with him a little bit. You know, he had that one bad, really one bad game, but the, the previous games were not stellar games. That they were still consistent in his passing and and everything else. So he's done a really good job. And like y'all. We he even drove us into at the Temple game and, and you know and, and got us into a position to try to win the game. Um, you know he I think he's he's leading the team. I think he's you know coming out the you know the 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 hero that Memphis is looking for um, in a quarterback. You know they got spoiled from the last two. I think Paxton Lynch and Riley Ferguson. But you know with that being said, you know this team. You know we've got some injuries. I think we're going to you know really. I think we're going to take them out. I think we're going to take SMU out. It's going to be that. It's going to be that that jinx game for them. I don't want it for them, but I do want it for them. You know what I'm saying? In a roundabout way, I want it for the Tigers, right? Um, I'm really glad to see, you know, and somebody had posted, um, you know, something about SMU and this, you know, kind of derogatory. And you know, I was glad to see them. I never would have thought they would be what number 15 in the nation at the AP this week. You know, you would have never. Have yeah. Thought it, that. It, yeah, you know, I, I, at the beginning of the year, I'm thinking, oh, that's going to be a that that could be a jinx game for us. You know, no, that's going to be a t- the toughest game. This to me is the toughest game the Tigers have played. Period. I think in the history of the school, and what I mean by that, the toughest it's it's mentally going to be the toughest because it's extremely important for the Tigers to win. Um, we're really going to have to have the cards fall. SMU's going to have to get beat by somebody. You know what I'm saying? You know, and for us to be able to get to that championship game, they're going to have to lose two if they don't lose to us. And I don't see them losing two. I see them losing one and that to be in us. With that being said, it's a very important game for the Tigers. It's an exciting game. We've got the possibilities of, of, of college day, uh, game day coming in town. Super excited about that. But this really is going to be the most important game of the season and probably Tigers history, in my opinion, um, because I've never seen us in this position before um, in, in any conference play. You know, now I may be wrong, you know, uh, but at the same time, it, there's a lot riding on this. It could it could sway whether we go to a – if we even get the option for a New Year's Day Six Bowl. Um, I saw that flash before my eyes against Tulsa last night. Um, those are there's a lot riding on this game 
that in and my and all due respect, we got to get out there. We got to fight. We got to fight like tigers, and you know, and be able to scream Memphis, Memphis, Memphis again, right? So you guys are doing a great job, Larry. Appreciate everything. You're right on point, Brian. You know I love you, baby. And Isaac, Isaac, you there? Yeah, I'm. I'm here, brother. Are you going to be covering the basketball? I am. Yeah, I am. Oh man. my we'll goodness, I can't all wait, brother. Long, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. Y'all have a great day. Thank y'all so much for letting me come on. Y'all have a great day and, and really appreciate everything y'all do. Man, thank right, you. Man, man. Appreciate you in. <laughs> All right, prediction times. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll dot in. Um, wow. You know, this is going to be, you know, in the old days, we would call this a slobber knocker. Um, <laughs> You know, it, this is going to be because both teams understand that really, yes, I mean, it's possible that Memphis could lose two games after this, but probably not. And um, we could lose one, but we, we're probably not going to lose two. Um, I, 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 I just don't see any way. This is not for the West, right, guys? I mean, I just don't see oh, it. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think so. Whoo! Um, I, I think I think Memphis is going to run the football. I think we'll run the football effectively. We're going to have some big plays. I am concerned about defensively minus Sanchez Blake, but I believe they will rebound this week. But I, I think. <laughs> Well, you're going to have much choice. This is going to be a hell of a game. And, and, and I think that Memphis, because they're at home, I think 45-42 Memphis, it's just going to be a fist fight. I'm, man, this, I, I think I, I agree. I think this is going to be a, a great game, man. I, I can't wait. Uh, I Kind of, kind of zoned out there. I've been going back and forth uh, on my score here and Me too. thinking what, Me too. What, what, what what's going to happen here. Um, and I'm I'm going to be pretty close with Larry. I'm going to say I I think Memphis will be able to run the football. Like I said, SMU only gives up 116 yards on the ground, so they've been really, really, really good against the run. But they haven't faced off against Kenny Gainwell. I think um, I, I think Kenny Gainwell can rather run the football on any defense, and I think that would be the case here. They're they're not so good that they. We'll be able to stop him and shut him down completely. So I do think they'll have some success running the football. I think that pretty White's gonna have to make some plays downfield. Uh, no doubt about that. I yep. think Magnif- Magnifico is gonna be very important. I think he's gonna have a big role yep. in this game. Um, and Kosey's gonna do, he's gonna do what he do. Kosey's always gonna get his. But I'm gonna go Memphis 48 to 45. I think it's gonna be one. Gonna spread it out all throughout the game. I think they're gonna go back and forth. It's gonna be big plays. Uh, but I think Memphis. With the, the home field advantage, I think they squeak one out. I think they win it 48-45. And I think as far as attendance, I'm going to go a little bit less. I'm going to say 48-5, 48,500, I think. That's going to be my prediction. Because like Larry said, you're going to have your 39, 38, 40,000 Tiger fans that are going to going to show up. And I think you'll have seven to 8,000 just casual fans, just walk-up fans that are going to come, going to be interested with game day possibly and, and all those all the festivities. I think you'll get seven to 8,000 just people that wouldn't normally come out come out to this game. But it's going to be a, a fantastic night, man, under the lights. I think two teams that I think you really put some points on the board, and it's, it's going to be a big night, big day for the program, man. I'm I'm excited. I can't wait. Uh, yeah, uh, Rod texted me. He said his 
prediction was 35-28 Memphis. Attendance, he said it's going to be 48,000 and change. Me, I think it's going to be higher. I, I really do think, just like Damon said, the first 150 wins. When you take a look at this game, the past yeah. four, let's see, five, no, the past five out of the six times these two teams have played, the the winning uh, the winning team had at least 48 points. Um, and then, you see, two out of the last uh, four, I think, four or five, it's been over 50 points. Um, and Memphis, what, two years ago, 66-45? Yeah, I think it's going to be that type of game. I do think Memphis wins. I'm going to say 54-51 Memphis. As far as oh. attendance. Who? I think it's going to be high. Um, so no, I could be wrong. It could be a little bit lower. The MGM's right down the street here, guys. I'm just going to run over there. <laughs> Now, I'm going to be optimistic. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a night game. I want Memphis to show out. I, I, I want at least 50,000 there. And I, I think there's going to be over 50,000. And I think the announcement's going to be 45. <laughs> you know, because it's always, <laughs> yeah. they, they always seem to be less announced Man, than what's I actually there for get, Memphis for whatever can't reason. Get, can't get it right, man. So, they need to get the yeah. basketball, scanners, basketball scanners down to the Liverpool. No, exactly. Yeah. For some reason, it's. They can't, they can't get it right at the Liberty Bowl. And they're always at least four or 5000 off, in, in my opinion. For every time I estimate, I always take, oh. take about five grand off of it to, to what they're going to announce, and I'm always pretty close to, to what they announce. So if you're but listening those people, and you're this anywhere. This is not difficult. Go ahead. This is not difficult, guys. Guys, it's, it's not, not difficult. You take the scanner. You scan I the freaking ticket. <laughs> I don't either. Like, I, and I can tell you, like, in the last three years, I can't tell you. They'll get. They'll scan one of our two, and you can hear it. Oh, like, I, I, I can I hear. hear it. I hear stories all the time. I've had people tell me they come with groups, six, seven people, and maybe only two of them get their 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 ticket scanned. It's 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 crazy, man. I just don't understand. They have so many problems with the scanners. They just let a lot of people in. They just tell them to go ahead and go in, and they never get counted. I, I just don't understand why you can't get that fixed, though. I, <laughs> I I don't know. They they, can't, they stand there and they scan it, and it doesn't scan. <laughs> and I've seen this with my own eyes, and it's like they get frustrated. Right. Well, and then you've got a whole line of people, and then they're just like, okay, yeah, you go. just, yeah, I'll just go ahead. And, 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 but, but like my wife and I, we have two tickets. They they'll scan mine or hers or whatever. I mean, we have, we hand them both. They scan one. They can't scan the other. They just hand them back to us, and we walk in. I, that's happened <laughs> four or five times in the last three years, easily. So. I don't understand it, fellas, but whatever, you know what, uh, you know, <laughs> typical. <laughs> so, um, anyway, but no, I, 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 so I, I will reiterate what I'm hearing on game day is that it is a holdup on Tiger Lane versus Tommy Park. I will reiterate that one more time. I got a text while we were on the phone. And there is a they, – they, 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 Memphis wants it on Tiger Lane. They're trying to get the logistics figured out. Um, so, I would expect yeah. there's something tomorrow. Okay? Yeah, I – I would I, I would think it I think it's probably gonna end up being something part logistically Me that too. just makes more sense. I, I, it's just I, I'd rather, I would actually rather for it to be a Tiger Lane. I know the University of Memphis, Memphis would as well, but I think logistically it's better and you got the, the whole Bass Pro thing with that, that that we mentioned talked about earlier. I, I just think it makes more sense for for, for ESPN. I think for for them I think it makes more sense. Yep. 
Yeah, we will find out tomorrow because it's after uh, 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. I don't think they'll announce it this late, so it may be first thing in the morning, but we'll see. But I I do feel it's going to be at Memphis. Uh, Now, we are doing a promo at, uh, you know, Tiger Sports Report where we're going to give away four tickets to the game. Um, I'm still undecided if I'm going to have two winners and get two tickets each or just have one winner, all four tickets. But make sure you, uh, you know, you follow us on – Twitter Definitely. and uh, the, the, the actual uh, Twitter handle for, you know, the Memphis rival site is rivals underscore Memphis. Make sure you follow that Twitter account and I will post details later on guys uh, survive in advance uh, usually applies to uh, basketball, <laughs> but it definitely happened uh, football uh, for Memphis Man. and uh, it's going to be a big game. Last thoughts before we get out of here. Um, again, man, you well, go ahead. You go ahead. Go ahead. No, you know you go. Uh, you know I. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. You just think back to the, that Tommy Westbrook conference um, when, when he was on the way out and, and some of the things he says. And you look at this program now. I mean, they listen. Uh, I mean, they put money into the program. And it's just crazy to see that we are to even talk about the possibility of having a game day. You couldn't even dream of this uh, with this program. So it's just amazing how far we come. And I think it's. If if it happens, which I think we're we're pretty sure it's gonna happen at this point, it's just fantastic for the city, it's fantastic for the program and like like kinda of Brian said, I hope that Memphis comes out and shows out, uh, show the nation what we got going on down here in Memphis and put some points on the board and, and, and win a big football game and go from there. Uh hopefully we'll be talking about possibility of a cotton bowl here in in, in one and a half or so. Larry? I I just wanna say that and I think Isaac, Isaac said it well as far as as the Tommy West, and I mentioned that it was 10 years ago that we had the ECU game, and and full disclosure, I had tickets to that game and didn't go, so I was one of the reasons why there was so few people there, and I acknowledge that. Um, I will not miss this game. I will be there early, uh, and I think if anything else, that just says how far we've come, but more than anything how far we can go. And I don't want this to be the pinnacle. I want this to be a step. I want this to be a, a we can look to and say, see, this is what you can be. And whether we make the cotton ball or not, whether we, you know, ever plan a New Year's Day six ball, it really doesn't matter. The point is we can. And we easily could be one of those teams. So let's not look at this as an achievement, which is one of the reasons why I was kind of snippy about the whole game day thing. I don't want this to be an achievement like because that almost feels like a conclusion. This should be more of yep. a step. This is, okay, this is what we can do. Let's see what else we can do, and let's move on from here. But in the meantime, more importantly, there is a heck of a football game that's going to go on, and it does have serious implications, and it's awesome that it's two members of this conference that are ranked. And the yeah. winner could legitimately – and I don't want any parts of Georgia, by the way. <laughs> I told Brian that way. <laughs> but we could legitimately play in a New Year's Day six ball the winner of this game, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Yeah, and, and, and you're on – 
ABC National primetime. Uh, yep. To me, that's that's the story. You're, you 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 yeah. got the prime time slot. You you have the entire nation looking at your program at your stadium. You know, for God's sake, show out Memphis fans, because I mean that's you know I want to see a full Liberty Bowl on TV when I watch it. You know, and Isaac, you'll be at the game. Larry, you'll be there. I, I presume. Oh yeah. You know, we want you know just just a, a ruckus. Atmosphere, uh, you know, because Memphis is going to need all the help they can get. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, they got to about to be the extra extra man out there, and man, I mean, I, yeah, like you said, man, Tiger Nation, come out, show out. I mean, this is an opportunity for, I mean, you to show yourself to the nation. I mean, like Brian said, under the lights. I mean, the Liberty Bowl, Memphis all day. If again, if it's game day, it's just it's just amazing, man. To, to, an amazing opportunity. So you got to take full advantage of it. I'd love to see us, the city and the fan base take full advantage of it and the team take full advantage of it again and go out and, like Brian said, put 50, hang 50 plus points on the board. It's just, it's it's an opportunity for Memphis to be at the, the pinnacle of the, the college football world for a day and just take full advantage of it, man. It's, it's I, I don't, I don't, I mean, it's just amazing uh, to, to see where we are right now. It's going to be exciting. Definitely enjoy the ride. Appreciate you guys for uh, hopping on board for the podcast this week, and uh, we'll do it again next week. All right, guys. Talk to you guys next week.